La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding, ding, dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille. Rugby friends and welcome to a new edition of the French Rugby Connection with moi, Véronique Landieu, and my co-host all the way from Toulouse in it's, France. It's moi, Tom Dixon. Happy New Year, bonne année, bonne santé. Of bon course, to everyone out there, all the best for 2023, a big rugby year all round. Definitely, and it's only, well, only 241 days away from the Rugby World Cup, which will take place in France. Yes, that's right. Uh, 8th of September at the Stade de France, in which, of course, uh, France will be playing against the All Blacks. So I'm sure that will be an epic game if you manage to get any places. And talking about places, apparently on the 24th of January, there will be a new round of tickets These are the returns, the tickets that people don't take up and put back in the pot. I'm looking forward to that. It's usually in the evening, six o'clock French time, so 5 p.m. English time is normally yeah. when these tickets will become available. And it pays to be logging on and ready at 30 seconds before the deadline because they do go rather competitively, don't they? they they're gone by the time you turn up. If we can get through that's the only thing, so hopefully, you know, our listeners will have a better time with the booking system, you know, otherwise, you know, France is just down the road, it's, well, at least for our British listeners, you know, it's not, it's not far, you know, the British team will be located, English team, I beg your pardon, will be located in Le Touquet, and I think the first game is in Marseille. Fantastic. Do you know the easiest way of getting tickets for the Rugby World Cup, Véronique? No, tell me. It's to be called Mr. Sebastian Chabal. Oh, no. What's been happening? I, I read that yesterday. So, Well, it, they thought that rugby in France didn't have enough scandals. So they dug up the fact that Mr. Chabal had got hold of, the in the region of, or in excess of 100 tickets for the Rugby World Cup. There's no suggestion he got them for free or was selling them on or selling them from a profit. He is, in fact, being rather Trumpesque and brazening it out, saying, what do you expect? I'm a rugby superstar. But all the people, my very local rugby club in the village next to me, not one of their players or fans managed to get a ticket for the Rugby World Cup. And that's a grassroots rugby club. So they can't even get tickets. And yet the TV stars get them by the hundred. I think it's an exception because I think the the there is a quota of eight tickets, I believe, per ambassador. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. So yes, I've heard about that stories, but yeah, to to be continued. And as we know, we're having a few issues as well in the French rugby league with Monsieur de la Porte, which has been La Porte. <laughs> Not quite, not quite. He's not but, quite uh, been shown that port. He has been found in trouble on an early hearing that he is appealing. And in France, that counts as innocent before being found guilty. So, yeah, but yes, it is all change, all change at the top. In, in England and Wales, you're changing the people on the field on, or in the back rooms in the trainers. And in France, we're changing the administrators. 
the end of the day, Rugby World Cup will still be happening on the starting of the 8th, 8th of September. So it's going to be a, a great, great rugby feast you know, for all the rugby aficionados. So, yes, and not only we have the Rugby World Cup to look forward to, but in February, starting on the 5th of February, no, the nation is back. The 4th, you'll be a day late if you start on the 5th. Oh, and it's, I should know that. It's Saint Veronique as well. <laughs> 4th of February. Yes. Wales against Ireland, that's a massive game. England against Scotland, ooh, looking forward to that. And a nice, easy one to get France off on the Sunday, Italy against France. Uh, so it'd be nice to go over to Rome. It'd be nice to be in Trickenham. It'd be nice to be in Cardiff. But I'll probably be in an Irishman's pub in Toulouse. Uh, <laughs> as I, as yeah. I was on Saturday, Trevor Brennan, the ex-Ireland international, who was a flanker for yes. Toulouse. I know you keep mentioning him. Do you, I, do you get a, do you get a quote, a referral fee every time I, I should you get a free portion of chips. Definitely. Uh, uh, we should invite him for a podcast because <laughs> I'm sure he's got so many stories to tell. Or maybe you have his son who plays for Brive. And talking about Brive, wow. Oh. You were very pessimistic a few weeks ago. And I said to you, watch this space, watch this space, because obviously there's some new money that has been invested to the next time. And yeah, they, they want for the third time, not against, against. The mighty uh, three times yes. European Cup winners, they won against Toulon. Exactly. So I think people, I was watching some French news regarding that, that game and they were talking about l'effet Patrick Collazzo. I call it more like, you know, Collazzo is more like the l'arme fatale, you know, <laughs> very very powerful and it seems to be working really really well he got he got something out of the players maybe it's back back to basic for the brief uh, captain for the for the brief team but yeah yeah did you watch that game mind, i watched the highlight and they were only two tries once during half time it was very very close it was 12 to 9 Loads of penalties conceded, you know, by by Toulon. I think there were seven, and they were all kicked perfectly by by Enzo Hervé. And one try by Sal, 63 minutes, and uh, and one which was very much le coup de grâce, uh, which was scored during the 78 minutes by the Georgian. It was absolutely a phenomenal try, especially when you know that he had strong some really, really sad family news as well. And yeah, so third time, third time win. So well done to, to Brive, Les Noirs et Blancs, and, uh, and uh, one of my first guests <laughs> on the French Rugby Connection, Simon Guillaume, who is uh, the, one of the co-presidents of Brive. So, I remember bravo. it well. A great interview and a great person. Yes, yes what a turnaround Brive are having. And not talking specifically about any individual match, they're having the opposite season of my uh, the team I liked, Poe. Correct. Section Palois started off brilliantly. They beat Toulouse at home famously as one of the first matches. And thank th thank the Lord they did, because without that victory under their belts, they'd be almost at the bottom. Poe yes. po have been so strong at the beginning of the season, and they're just on a downward spiral at the bottom. 
But this weekend they lost to Lyon, I think, didn't they? That was one you were. They did. They did. The overall score, overall score was 12 to 21. You know, during halftime, it was six to seven, very, very close. And both of them had loads to, to gain from that victory because, like you mentioned, Pau and Lyon have been very unlucky in terms of their previous game. But they've had lots of losses. There were three tries. I think from Twizova, Coleman, and Veridamu, which was the first try of the game of the season for, for him. Oh. Uh, it meant so much that there were tears at the end, you know, from the Lyon, Lyon coach. It was a relief. <laughs> tears of joy, I suppose. Yes, indeed. Oh, that's good. But it, it's interesting to see the top 14 is shaking up a bit because it's been very, very similar all season, really. But mm-hmm. yeah, certainly Breve are looking up, Power looking down. And, and Toulouse is still at the top, <laughs> despite their loss. Yes, we, we had a terrible loss at the weekend. But I think we knew it was coming. We used the game to bloody a few youngsters. Uh, we had you know, Natamak Theo and Josh Brennan, and the average age was very low. But yeah, Toulouse lost fair and square against a very strong La Rochelle side. Obviously, this is the last match before the European fought. So Toulouse had Dupont, Holiday, Marchand. It's, it's very much a, a lesser team that they put forward. But nonetheless, hats off to La Rochelle. It was a victory. It was three tries to one, three yellow cards to one. Big in discipline. And it's 30 points to La Rochelle and seven to Toulouse. And the try that gave Toulouse the seven points was from Retier, who until last year played for La Rochelle. I remember that, yes. Now, the yellow cards, it seems to be you had to have the more the more cup winner medals or World Cup winning medals you had, the more likely you were to get a yellow card because despite all the youngsters on the pitch, but the yellow card winners were Charlie Fomarina, World Cup winner, for the first yellow card of his career for Roma, uh, Pietro Movaca. It was his 100th game. It was a festival in his name. He was the captain and he got a yellow card. And on the other side, the yellow card was Greg Aldrich. <laughs> really? My goodness. He got the yellow card in the centre. It, it was a painful game to watch, Veronique. That, you're just talking about seven penalties in your game, 19 penalties against Toulouse. Oh, uh, that's that's a record. I've never heard of a game with so many penalties, actually, in the top yeah. 14. Well, is, it a, is it a record? A high number. I don't, I don't, I don't keep... A tra- I think the problem was that our scrum was outclassed. Funny enough, one of the... Well, the two play- the two good players in amongst the sea of dross, because it was a bad match, was Levani Bottia, the Fijian, who wasn't playing on the wing like he often does, not in the centre, but he was in the scrum as a flanker. And he was being booed off Bordeaux a few weeks ago after that humiliation at Bordeaux but his name was being chanted in the stands this week as a flanker they're often out of sight but when you watch him he was decisive in defense he was wonderful in attack he was a big star for La Rochelle and so is Wardy now Wardy has just got his French cap as a tight head prop so his opposite serial by um, mm-hmm. and Wardy helped lose the 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 La Rochelle Toulouse game earlier on in the season, he got a red card and he got banned for what would have been his debut for Les Bleus. And yet he was brilliant. He was very good. As I said, all those 
all those penalties were because of the strength of the scrum. You also have to remember that the La Rochelle scrum is coached by a South African called Gertrude Steenkamp, who mm-hmm. made his name in France at Toulouse. <laughs> Small world, small rugby world. So it all goes around. So so neither team was wildly happy. La Rochelle had broken the spell of the ongoing list of eight defeats to Toulouse. Mm -hmm. Uh, They didn't get the they didn't get the bonus point, which they Mm -hmm. really should have got if they're winning thirty points to seven. So nobody happy, but it it has no great effect on the standings in the table. No, it still is. They're still topping you know the the top 14 so uh, but we'll see you know when the with the uh, six nations there probably be some 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 decrease in in ranking i, I yeah there's but, some uh, horrible points that can be lost by toulouse over the next five or six games but it'll go for la rochelle as well um mm-hmm. because in france there are just so many games without your key players but be aware that it was quite important for La Rochelle because they're third. In order to have hopes to play on, in both the domestic competition and the European competition, uh, you have to be up there right in the top of the top 14 because you, you can't do both if you have playoffs to get involved in. You need those right. weekends off to rest the players. So, that, so they're both in good places and yeah, that's good. that's good for French rugby overall. Clermont, Clermont is climbing up slightly. They went up, moving up one place because they won against Perpignan. However, you know, Lyon was really, you know, fought really, really hard. But they did lack of a, a discipline, which costed them, you know, two yellow cards, unfortunately. Because there wasn't that much difference, to be honest with you, between uh, Clermont and Perpignan. Perpignan, Clermont is still not, not quite there yet. You know, I think they've suffered... 44 defeated in a row. So the, there were two tries. The first try was scored by uh, Gussap, Perpignan, at 12 minutes. And then it was followed by Raka, 27 minutes. We followed afterwards by Tixeron, 29. And then halftime, the score was 14 to 10. But 62 minutes, there was another try by Tisley. Uh, so the score, you know, were more, they were more or less equal on the, on the field. But what was really, really cruel was at the 79 minutes, and previously, previous to that, you know, Jono scored a third try. But oh. at the 79 minutes, Delgi, who used to play for Perpignan, intercepted you know, ah. the ball and, and, and scored the, the, the last try. So the overall score was 31 to 20. But hey, such a such is a sport. So, which other games did you watch? I watched Bordeaux versus Bayonne. Uh-huh. That was that was good fun. It was a clear victory from Bordeaux. It reminded us that Bayonne are only human. Maybe when they're playing at home, they're they're, they're extra- extraordinary, but they they were quite weak. There was it started off with a gag try for Bordeaux that technically was brilliant because there was a fifty twenty two kick. That, that they managed to kick up on a turnaround. And Bayonne were asleep. They didn't realise it was a 50-22. They, didn't, they thought they could amble back and have a rest. Bordeaux just said, quick throw in, quick quick try under the posts, and five Bayonne players jogging up from behind, wondering what on earth was happening. So that's a good rule. I like, like that to speed up the game. Bayonne were losing 23-3 at the 72nd minute. 
with eight, le- eight minutes left on the game. So at least the end was exciting. So it finished 23-15. Bayern didn't quite get a bonus point, but they did score a bit in the end and made that exciting. But, you know, it was a funny day of rugby throughout France because everybody's playing it easy because of the European fortnight. The weather was awful. People were tired after the autumn internationals and trying to rest players ahead of everything that's happening. So, it, frankly, there, there weren't many very good games. But in those games, the end of the bordeaux Bayonne match was something to enjoy. Diaby, the Bordeaux flanker, it was great. Made 15 tackles, strong in attack and defence. And actually, I think looking, looking at individual players throughout the weekend, it's largely flankers that get the shout out because... It's such a defensive, rainy, rubbish weekend with lots of mistakes that the Frankers were there to defend and attack. Mm-hmm. So uh, I enjoyed it. You always enjoy watching Bayonne. Uh, yes. But that was that one. So Bordeaux 23, Bayonne 15. They were fifth equal. Now they're fourth and seventh. So close teams getting a close result. Home advantage winning. We shouldn't be surprised. Yes, and a, a team that is currently living la vie en rose is Paris, Aka Stade Francais. Yeah. They are rocking. They are they, they won against Castres. The final score was twenty six to seven. But one thing was extraordinary. You mentioned the weather was absolutely appalling. It was raining cats and dogs, and even in Paris as well. And Benjamin Urda Belita yeah. slid. Oh, as he was kicking. His... Yes, that's right. And it was really easy. But apparently it said he heard some somebody shouting at him or something like that. But it was nothing. It was the weather, the state of the of the grass. So it's not so great news for Foucault. The Stade Francais it seems to be invisible, you know, lately. Yes. Uh, that's the fourth consecutive victory. So, yeah, we all know, you know, what's happening in terms of the management. But I think the owner built is, is starting, <laughs> is starting being happy or it, yeah. starting to sing the investment that, that he has uh, put in the Stade Francais. So it's a bit early in the day to say that yeah, you know, are they likely to win le, le stade, le, le bouclier de Brennus? But they are in a very healthy position right now. Yes, good for Paris. They're exciting to watch. And they're a surprise, very strong team. They always should have been, but it's good to see them doing that. Mm-hmm. Montpellier, that was the highlight, I believe, on Saturday, on Sunday evening. <laughs> yes, one of those late games again that we love. Montpellier against Racing 92. Racing 92 should have been full of themselves. They've been they've been doing well recently, but Montpellier beat them 17 points to 12, with Racing getting the bonus defensive, one of the few bonuses of the weekend. They're now both on 38 points in the table, so they're very they were very close, and now they're fifth equal on points. Obviously, and it was an interesting game, similar to the others. It was the scrum that won it because it was messy and full of errors and and so that the better scrum the stronger scrum won the montpellier flanker alexandre was fantastic he outshone jack mercer his number eight his on great form and i suspect he'll break into the french team in the during the six nations he should finally get his first cap he bossed the field he made the first try alexandre becognier here's my mm-hmm. man to watch for the weekend that said 
of course, Montpellier won, but it was Racing that lost it again. The superstars kept being superstars. They're breaking the defence line, showing great rugby, and then dropping the ball or passing it to somebody on the wing, you know, a foot above their head, or knocking on left right. Yeah, Racing could have been a bonus point winner had they mm-hmm. getting their tries to stick. So very much they lost it. They won the first 15 minutes. They're brilliant in the first 15 minutes, as you often see with these teams. The, the classroom rugby keeps them going, but then, then it all falls apart and Montpellier kicked in. So, and here they missed the defensive bonus, uh, which so so they'll that both sides will be kicking themselves now. Yes, and it looks like Philippe Saint Andre was saying in L'Equipe, he nearly got a heart attack towards the end of the game. <laughs> oh dear, I, I, I hope that doesn't happen. No, because of the, the tension of the game. Ah, oh, we like that. Good, exciting rugby. <laughs> Anyhow, I think we are done with the Tom 14 for this for this weekend. And next weekend, like you mentioned, there won't be any top 14 games, but instead there will be some PN games. So no top 14 matches next weekend. No. But the European Cup. I'm so looking forward to it. Have you got any matches lined up you want to watch? Not really. Maybe if you can refresh my memory. Okay. I think the ones to look out for, Friday night, Clermont versus Leicester. Both oh, that should might, be a good one. Yeah, they might actually wake up and play good rugby and be sa- having saved themselves for that. Saturday mm-hmm. lunchtime, Sale Sharks versus Stade Toulouse. That's going to be tough. Sale are on fire at home this season. Um, the, well, they, see, they have lots of South African in the team, I believe, as well. <laughs> they do, indeed. Uh, that, that doesn't always terrify us. But the match, Sartoulouza, when we hosted Sale, that was one of the best matches I've seen this year. Really good sides. Watch out for that. On Sunday, the match I'll be looking out for is Racing 92 at home to Harlequins. Mm-hmm. That's both of those teams have have, have great reason to watch. Stade Rochelle versus Ulster. Saracens versus Lyon, they're not as great. I think those are the pick of the three. Now, I must say, and I tell you, Veronique, I don't know whether you'll forgive me. Racing 92 versus Harlequins, Santa Claus bought me a pair of Harlequins, very expensive underpants for Christmas. So, Too much information. That's the wrong, that's the wrong <laughs> type of podcast. Sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> You're going to cut that out. We'll see. Harlequins <laughs> uh, are my favourite English team, so so that could be a fun match. <laughs> Finn Russell is going to play for Bar next year. Yeah. Yes, and and let's not forget, you know, uh, Racing Racing ninety two has signed has signed the South African captain. Yes, and an and an English trainer, and the yes. superstars just keep on coming in, don't they, to Paris? It's going to be a fascinating season. If money buys you success. Exactly. Because if you look at Brief, you know, their budget, I think is a 13 out of the 15. You know, their budget is not really stretching and they are on a winning streak. You know, so yeah. sometimes it's not it's not about the money, but it's about the team cohesion, the training, the depth the of the willingness squad. as well, the motivation. Yeah. yeah. Of course, of course. No, I mean that's what makes our game so lovely. You can never take things for granted. Yes. 
So how many games all together? So it's going to be a massive rugby fest this weekend. Oh, yeah. So between them, I think there's about 18 games, isn't it, the weekend between the two cups? I'm going for the three. Three I'm going to watch this weekend. Clermont, Auvergne versus Leicester. Sail Sharks versus Stade Toulouse and Racing 92 against Harlequins. That's Thursday, Friday. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And the following weekend, I'm looking at Union Bordeaux Bergler against Gloucester on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. And Stade Toulousain versus Munster. I shall be reporting from the stadium from row four of Port 2 on that one. And I'll be watching Ulster Rugby against Sale Sharks because they are our competition. So plenty and, of good rugby this weekend and next. And, you know, for this time, we may have mentioned before is that we have the, the South African teams as well, uh, the, likes, the likes of the Sharks. We're playing against Bordeaux. That should be a good game, actually. I think I'm going to watch that one. We also have... The Stormers um, against Clermont. So Clermont are going to have to fly out overnight. So they're at home to Leicester this weekend. They're away to the Stormers the weekend after. Yes. And London Irish will play against the Stormers. So very interesting. So what do you make about the, uh, the South African teams playing for... For um, the European European Cup. I don't think it helps the competition. I think the format of the competition is far too confused this year. As a fan, you don't know if you're... many people like travelling with their team during the European competition. Many people, when Toulouse hosts a game, very often there's a very large number of Brits who come who travel once a year with their team to France as a as a treat. And that's just it doesn't happen when with South Africans around because it's such an investment of time and, and money to go and pop in and see your team. Plus the fact that the pool two separate pools rather than five separate pools, so you don't so you don't really have the same back to back games. I don't think it helps the competition. Is is your answer? And I don't think it should it should go on really. I, I think it's been a failure in my view. The, the number of people at the grounds and the number of people watching the shows on the television, I think, will have gone down quite significantly. I think it's becoming, a, you know, European, Middle East, Africa <laughs> type yes. of cup, you know, which uh, which happens. It's the way businesses operate when they work in, in Europe, so we're extending, we are extending the competition. Not sure why the, the reason behind that was it for... I might remove that, but was it for financial reasons, I suppose? It, yes, it has to be. It's also time zones, because South Africa is only an hour different to uh, the United yeah. Kingdom time zone. But, Veronique, it also shows, yet again, the priority that television has over the fans at the stadium, where they're happy to see the, they appear to be happy to see the numbers go down in the stadium because television pays more money. But we pay for their wages all year round, not just on the glory days. So for the poor season ticket holder, you lose your half your team during the internationals. There's the autumn internationals, then the Six Nations, and and you lose some of them during the World Cup for various rests and things they have to have. And now if you miss seeing them because of these intercontinental trips, fairly so. Uh, just to be clear, I'm I'm slightly against it. <laughs> yeah, I think you know it's we're one step closer to once once upon a time the RWC were trying to to set up, which were like there was some thought about having you know the best clubs in each uh, 
in each uh, region, you know, competing against each other. Yes. So who knows? Maybe it's a, it's a trial. So I'm, I'm open-minded, to be perfectly honest, but I understand the cost involved in having to support your team and, you know, in South Africa, for instance. And, and likewise for the South African supporters coming all the way to, to Europe. It's a bit of a constraint financially. What's happening, Van? is doing quite well, I believe, my yeah. team. Don't get too Ish. excited. They're down to seventh this week. Oh, <laughs> um, oh well. But Oyonnax are ahead at the top of the table. They have 63 points, and the next one, Mondemarsa, has 46. So that's oh, okay. a 17 points difference. It's clear who's going to win that, but they still have to get through. Colomier are in the top five still. Uh, they had a wonderful win away from home at Carcassonne. So happy about that. And the, the Colomier team won thanks to a new fly half pairing. It worked very well of Matisse Gauthier, a name you'll know, and the scrum half Maxime Jaillot. So, so good to see some youngsters coming through, even at the Pro De Deux level. I'm sure they'll be in the top 14 before too long. The players, not necessarily the team. I can't see Colomier. It would be lovely. But I can't see that happening. But it's it. the whole point of the Pro Day Deux is a lovely training ground for the players. Definitely. Yeah, and most of the players come from the Pro D2. Well, it depends. Actually, some of them were picked up. No, actually, I think that uh, Dupont was playing the Pro D2 when he started. Yes. And Toulouse signed Thomas Ramos and lent him to Colomier, where he became the Pro Day Deux highest scorer. And now he's nailed into the Équipe de France. So Amazing. So, rugby friends, I hope you enjoyed our summary of what's happening in the world of French rugby in relation to the top 14, the European Cup, and all the bits and pieces. And so, Tom, I'm going to let you go soon because Mrs. Dixon has cooked for you some curry lamb. So she don't want to upset her because <laughs> a few weeks ago, we had quite a late recording session. So Yes, we have to look after the dining tech. This is France, you know. <laughs> exactly. Very seriously. <laughs> Food, food and wine, especially wine, that's for sure. Okay, so on that note, enjoy the rugby fest and we'll be back next week. Okay. Au revoir, Tom. Au revoir, Véronique. Goodbye. Merci. Au revoir. Au revoir tous nos amis, tous nos amis de rugby. La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding-ding-dong. Mais boum. Quand notre cœur fait boum, tout avec lui dit boum, et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille.